There is a leadership behavior that ignites a lot of conversation. It is trust. Many people have observational theories and experiences that influence their views on how trust is earned and maintained. At Zanger Folkman, we want to strip away all of the emotions and bias and purely analyze what the data says about trust. Which leaders have it? How does it influence their work? And what behaviors influence trust the most? Joe Folkman discovered three major pillars to trust that we will be discussing in the podcast over the next few weeks. We will start with the one behavior that surprised people the most. Today, we are discussing the influence of expertise and the good judgment that comes with it. Welcome to the 90 percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my good father, Joe Folkman. Oh, thank you, Bri. It's nice to be here, and it's nice to revisit the trifecta of trust. It's, it's been a while mm-hmm. since the book came out. Um, and if you hadn't had a chance to read it, we've decided to include a special deal on Kindle uh, now till January 1st. You, <laughs> you can get it for 99 cents. A steal of a right? deal. Well, it's such a deal. Actually, what I would recommend is the audiobook. Because yeah. I just love audiobooks and, you know, it's so much less effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can do you can double task, and it's only yeah. two ninety nine. The audio book is nine, which is wonderful, and so you can get all the research and discuss it. And gosh, I I do audio books on on walks with my wife, and that that will create some really good discussions for you and your spouse or, <laughs> or, or family or friends, or even working out. So that's that's the great thing you could do. Uh, anyway, you can send it to colleagues and, and, and in this Christmas season, I think it's a, it, it's, it could be worth it. So thanks so much. All right, Bree, where are we going to start in terms of the trifecta of trust? Well, I thought we'd start with the first pillar expertise. I remember when you published your research, uh, it first came out a few years before the book in Harvard business review. And a lot of people There is a lot of discussion about this pillar in particular, about expertise being a part of this trifecta. And so did did that surprise you at all? Um, Were there any other behaviors that you were expecting would have more influence? Well, I've read a lot on trust and and I've read one thing where people talked about nine elements of trust. Mm What what's interesting about trust is it's correlated with everything. I mean, it really is this fundamental factor. Uh, but the more I looked at it, and the more I I I tried to say, what are the minimum? What what if I could grind it down to just those few things that make the biggest difference? Mm-hmm. What are they? Well, a good way to start is this powerful example that you shared in the book of why expertise is so critical to trust. Imagine a sunny day 
in 1983 at the USSR's Missile Tracking Center. The judgment of a duty officer named Stanislav Petrov saved the lives of millions, and you may have never heard about it. The fall of communism had made relationships between the U.S. and the Soviet Union pretty strained at the time during the Cold War. So one day, Petrov was informed that his satellites had detected a U.S. missile attack. Pretty scary. The choice to send that information up, the senior ranks, was his. So he asked his technician, okay, how accurate is this reading? Came back as 100% accurate. Now, a reading that perfect was really unusual. So he decided to wait for corroborating evidence, but none arrived. He went through all of the details and considered how strange it would be for the U.S. to strike with just five missiles. The stakes were impossibly high, but he chose to disobey Soviet military protocol and instead reported it as a system malfunction. In a later interview with the Russian BBC service in 2013, he explained, I had all the data. If I had sent my report up the chain of command, nobody would have said a word against it. As it turned out, the false alarms were the result of an uncommon alignment of sunlight on a group of clouds. And that's what caused these satellites to mistake them for missiles. So it was clouds up there. Now, Stanislav had more than a gut feeling that day. He had the experience to know that an accuracy reading that high at 100% was just too unusual. He had the ability to think through all the information he'd received and the information that he didn't receive. And he had the courage to accept the consequences of reporting and not reporting the incident. So experts... They bring clarity. They can bring a path forward and clear insight. And this is just one example of why our expertise and good judgment is so closely tied to trust. That's a good example, but it is so scary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we almost went to war because clouds were invading Russia. We're aligned wrong. <laughs> you know, it's a great example. And many struggle with this pillar because they either have limited expertise and it feels impossible to build it or because they think they already are experts when in reality they're not. Now, I want to be clear. You can't know everything and people hopefully don't expect you to. Research shows that an individual does not need to have all the expertise, but rather a willingness to be a sponsor and showcase the expertise of others. They need to know enough to be open to seek help from others and to complement their own expertise. In other words, a person just needs to be effective with the knowledge that they have as long as you are humble enough to ask for advice from others. I remember several years ago, I was coaching a person and they got very high scores on their expertise. And I said, you must be a great expert. And, and this person said, no, I'm new in this job. I'm really a rookie here. Everybody else in the group is the experts. And I said, well, how did you get this high score? And he says, because I realize I'm not that good. And so I ask people, I, I depend on them. I, I 
every time there's a decision to make, I gather those people around me. But it, it's that willingness to kind of be real and ask for the help that makes me you know, look like I am an expert. That's fantastic. And, and hopefully that kind of takes the weight off of your shoulders if you're like, I'm not sure if I can be amazing at everything. But since you brought up that great story, there are different ways that you can use to increase the perceptions others have about your level of expertise so that they trust you more. And that's what we want to dive into today. Well, let's talk about the first element, which is being a role model. Sharing your knowledge is a straightforward path to establishing trust in your expertise, but there's more to it. To create an environment where others feel compelled to share their expertise with you is crucial to exhibit reliability. This means doing what you say and saying what you do. Imagine a workplace where everyone's actions align with their words. What would that be like? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would it'd be nice, wouldn't it, if that actually happened? By being a role model, you're not only demonstrating your own expertise, you're encouraging a culture of trust and knowledge sharing. In practice, this can be seen in a leader like Satya Nadella of Microsoft. Now, he transformed the company culture by emphasizing empathy and collaboration that was a stark contrast to what was a previous competitive internal environment. Hmm. By consistently aligning action with words, leaders like Nadella demonstrate reliability, fostering a culture where knowledge and sharing drive trust. Oh, that's a great example. And you can see just how much Microsoft has thrived. And now the next behavior that we're going to talk about that is linked to increasing your expertise is anticipating problems. We live in a pretty fast-paced world, and the rush to execution often, we could say, leaves room for thoughtful planning. However, the ability to foresee potential issues as a hallmark of expertise. When you take the time to actually plan, organize, and consider what might go wrong, you're not just preparing for challenges, you're actively steering toward successful outcome. This proactive approach doesn't just solve problems, it prevents them. An example of this that I heard the other day was food delivery. And everybody knew that after the pandemic was kind of winding down, that probably food delivery to your door would probably go down as well. So DoorDash, they needed to find a way to keep their crowd coming for them or going to them. <laughs> so they went to work to figure out who is the most loyal of our customers. And it turned out to be the gamers of the world. They don't want to stop the game to eat. They want the food to come to them and they can keep gaming. In this Wall Street Journal article I read, they said, to woo this community of highly competitive shut-ins, DoorDash has shown up to gaming conferences. They've streamed battles between popular gamers and deployed ads with catchphrases such as, stay in your game, a straightforward way to remind players that every minute saved in acquiring food is another minute spent blasting the enemy to pixels. <laughs> Thought that was a great quote. And it really paid off. It gave them a huge competitive advantage 
in the market to anticipate that problem like they did. So when you anticipate problems and opportunities, it shows you're not just an executor of tasks, but a strategic thinker, and it greatly enhances the trust others place in your expertise. It's interesting, this one little thing. I mean, most people come to a solution and they just move forward, but they don't stop and say, hey, what could go wrong? (laughs) And, And the research on this, the studies that they've done, are really uh, they're really significant in the fact that typically people can anticipate a lot of the potential problems, and by anticipating the problems, they can really head them off or or really uh, be ready for them when they do occur. Next on our list is connecting your work to a vision to truly excel in your role. It's not enough just to complete tasks you need to understand how your work fits into the bigger picture. This makes your team feel like all the assignments are not just random things to fill up your to-do list and fill up your 40-hour work week. It's driven by a strategic goal for the organization, and that builds a lot of trust. When leaders do this well, it's much easier for them to change course because what they're doing doesn't align with the vision. According to a Gallup report, only 22% of employees strongly agree that their leaders have a clear direction for the organization. This gap represents an opportunity. Leaders who effectively communicate and connect their team's work to the organization's vision foster a strong alignment with a sense of purpose. It is critical. As you think about kind of working along and and you're just working hard on something, but you don't see how this affects what, you know, the grand vision for the organization. It just seems like hard work. But when yeah. it connects to the vision of the organization, you can see, oh, I'm helping us solve problems or world hunger or something. And it gives people a greater sense of purpose, which is what you've really looked at a lot is people going, look, I want to feel like I'm doing something. And I, I heard the other day how um, how KitKat really changed their market in, in Japan. They weren't doing very well. And there's this tradition within Japanese culture called omiyagi, which is it's gift giving. When you, when you travel somewhere, you bring something back. And so they decided, you know what, we're going to embrace this part of the culture. We are going to make different flavors of KitKat that are specific to these different large cities within Japan. And every one of them will be different. They'll have different flavors to reflect that region. And since then, I think it was like 300 flavors is what they talked about. KitKat has just exploded and it's built all this trust in the market. And I just think about that vision that they had of how, how they were going to establish trust with their customers. Um, with their employees of, of being like, we're not just going to make the same bar for everyone in the world, but we're tailoring it to them. Just what a big difference that makes. And of course, it's a ton more work to do it that way, to make all those different flavors and different product lines. But what a difference it makes to have that vision to execute it as well. Next time I go to Japan, I'm going to look for Kit Kats. I know. Give me as many flavors as you can. <laughs> Now, the final behavior that is linked to expertise is keeping others informed. 
Regular, clear communication is key to building trust in expertise. When you share information consistently, you're allowing your team to understand your thought processes and also the extent of your knowledge. It's not just about conveying facts. It's about creating this environment where information flows freely and everyone is on the same page. And this transparency is crucial when it comes to building a trusting and collaborative team dynamic. And one thing that I saw the company Buffer doing was they they wanted to have in part of their like company values is radical transparency. That is their core value. And they they go they take it pretty far. They are sharing everything from salary details to business decisions publicly. They talked about do we make emails all public? This approach they said has really built trust within teams, but it also enhances the company's reputation externally as well. Well, and one of the things we know about the ability to communicate is it's the easiest competency to improve. But it's one that people take for granted. And I'm just keeping people informed when, where, how, (laughs) right? Okay, we trust experts. We all face thorny problems that we don't know which direction to go. And when we have an expert whose judgment we trust, it makes a big difference. These four behaviors, uh, being a role model, anticipating problems, connecting your work to the vision, and keeping others informed are foundational to building trust and enhancing expertise. By integrating these practices informed by research and exemplified by leading organizations, professionals can not only elevate their own skills, but also contribute to a more trusting, informed, and effective work environment. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you are interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com. <laughs>